Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. Good morning and uh, welcome to Christchurch Forward. It's lovely to see everybody here this morning. Everything that you need to know about the service is on the buff bit of paper that you were given. My name is Gareth and Tamar will be here a little bit later on and we have a few other special guests this morning that I hope you will enjoy. I have a question for you first of all though and it's this, who is the best giver that you know? Um, When I ask myself this question I think of a family who lend us a holiday cottage for a week a year, very very generous. Um, I think of my mum and dad who gave me Christmas presents and birthday presents, some really good ones over the years. And I think of my Auntie Frieda, because Auntie Frieda, well into my 40s, bought me a game for Christmas because she knew how much I hated boring presents like socks and underpants. Who is it for you, though, and what have they given you? Why don't you just chat to your neighbour and answer this question. Who's the best giver you know, and what did they give you? Have a 30 seconds or so. I know it's dangerous to ask people to start talking at the beginning of a service, uh, but there you go. Um, whoever you thought of as that giver who is the best giver that you know, uh, this morning we are going to meet a giver who is miles better than every single one of the people that you talked about this morning. If you've not guessed who that is already, it is our almighty God. He is the best giver and he gives the best gifts. Um, we're going to start our service with a song that says thank you for God and who he is and all he's given us. So let's stand as the music starts. He'll have to come back next week if you want to find out what happens after that cliffhanger. Uh, but Martin Luther was somebody who was really bothered about grace. And grace isn't just a girl's name or a prayer we say before meals. We've been using this definition for grace as we've gone along. Grace is the abundant kindness of a generous God to those who don't deserve. And if you've been across at Kig Stuff, we've been saying grace is God's incredible kindness to those who don't deserve it. You know, the the givers that we thought about earlier on, they're very kind people, aren't they? But they don't often give things to us when we don't deserve it, whereas God does. And those gifts that we were thinking about, well, they often end up eaten or broken or uh, popped in a cupboard somewhere and not bothered with, whereas God's gifts to us are active and dynamic and long-lasting. We're going to be making a pile of God's gifts this morning. That's why we've got these three boards here. And I'm quite excited to see how big it's going to get because I think it's going to get huge because God is the greatest giver. And as we see these gifts pop up, well, let's remember the giver behind them. That's the most important thing. Now, We're going to use Psalm 145 to help us get excited about God's grace. So if you want to be turning that up in your Bibles, page 631, and Sam is going to come and read that to us. But first of all, while you're finding it, Tamar is going to pray. Why don't we pray together? Let's talk to God. Father God, this morning we pray very much that you would give us a bigger picture of your amazing grace. Father, we ask that you would help us to really rejoice, be super glad in all your grace gifts, in all your kindness to us, so that we might think about them more and talk about them more and celebrate your generosity. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, follow Psalm 145. I want you to uh, be thinking this question. Do I ever make God too small? 
Or let me put it a different way. I want you to ask this question. Do I ever forget what a great giver God is? Sam, one of our adventurer leaders, is going to read for us now. Uh, Psalm 145. I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all that he has made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all that he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, and loving towards all that he has made. The Lord is near to all who call on him, and to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him. But all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Um, so there's the question. Do you forget how great a giver God is? Do you go through your day without ever thinking about God? Uh, do you give yourself and others a pat on the back for the things they've done without ever thinking about God? Do you enjoy parties and walks in the countryside and great time with your friends without ever thinking about God. I know that I do. And when I remind myself that that's what I do, it makes me sad because we shouldn't be thinking like that. And Psalm 145 gives us a different way, a right way of thinking about this great giver that we have in God. Um, just have a look at some of the things that God gives. Uh, verse 4, have a look down in your Bibles, talks about his works and mighty acts. Verse 5 talks about wonderful works. Verse 6 talks about awesome works and great deeds. Verse 12 talks about mighty acts. Now when I think of God's works, it makes me remember all the things that God made just by saying a word. is my game. I just love to create things. See this tent here? I built it earlier. It's boss, isn't it? Oh, maybe not. In fact, if I'm honest with you, I'm not that great at making things, but I love it. I, I, look at my tower. It's as solid as a rock, isn't it? Oh, oh dear. Oh, it's not quite going to plan. 
says, Shane, because I keep hoping if I keep practicing, building and building, that when I grow up, I'll be as good at making things as my hero, God. Me mum does say, though, that I'm a little bit ambitious. And do you know what? I think she might have it, right? She might have a point. Because when you stop and think about all the things God does, it's incredible. I mean, he just spoke right. And out of dark, light appeared. And then he wanted sky and poof, there was sky. And then he wanted land and sea and plants and trees. And one, two, three, four, they were there. And then God wanted to have the sun and the moon and the stars filling the sky. And so he spoke again and again. Back, crash, bang, wallop. There. Fish in the sea. Birds filling the sky. Hey, presto, done. Animals, big and small. He wanted them all. And he created people just like that. Ta-da! Incredible. God is brilliant at making things and making it perfect and long-lasting. His work was done, finished. Do you know what? I think my mum's right. I'm never going to be that good at making things, am I? But just look, just look at all the incredible things that God gives us. He really is a good giver. I think, thank you for that, Belinda. It's all right. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's pop this on here to remind ourselves that God gives us everything that he has made. But you know what? That's not all. There is more. So we're going to sing a song now. It, um, it talks a little bit about all the things that God's made, but it might give you a clue as to something else that God gives us. Let's stand and sing, Almighty Creator. Done, oh, well done. That was excellent guest. singing. You lot, well done. Thank you very much for that. Good actions too. Oh, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, boys and gigglers. My name is Henry the Historian. It's lovely to see you, and I love to come and talk to people about the past. Yes, that's how you pronounce it, you Yorkshire folk. Um, and um, I am, well, I'm jollyingly, jolly spiffingly happy that God has made all these things that he's given us. I wonder if there's something else that we can learn about God from this Psalm 145. Not least the mention of his great acts and mighty deeds. Let me see if I can get you to think of a few of these by slowly revealing them on the screen. Hands up if you can guess which mighty act this is. Anybody? Yes. Oh, yes. What do you think it is? It is. It's the plagues. God sent these so that his people could escape from Pharaoh. Okay. Here's another one for you. Slow reveal. See if anybody gets it before it gets there. Looks wet to me. Any ideas? Yes. It is indeed. Well done, young lady. Yes, it is the parting of the Red Sea. God sends this so that his people can escape from Pharaoh's armies. And here's my final one. Instead of getting them to Egypt, where they were in slavery, where did God take his people next? Does anybody know? Yes. 
Yes, let's put that up, the promised land. Well done, she got it even before we started revealing it there. So, there you have it. Now, you all are a bright bunch, so no doubt you'll have noticed that there is one thing that all these three things have in common, and that is rescue. God is a giver of mighty rescue. So we'll pop that up on the second screen there. And um, I'm afraid that's it from me. I'm off to meet my old friend Indiana Jones in the vicarage. Apparently there's something interesting to investigate over there. Bit of excavation, I think. Thank you very much, Henry. Well, the verses 8 and 9 of Psalm 145, the psalm we're looking at, verses 8 and 9 are actually quoting what Moses discovered about God as he saw those great and mighty acts of rescue that Henry was chatting about. So why not have your Bibles open as I read again from Psalm 145, verses 8 and 9. Whereas we read this, it's good for us to remember, look, we all ignore God. And we all don't deserve rescue. None of us deserve rescue. But see what Moses is quoted on here. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger and he is rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He is compassion and all he has made. This psalm, Psalm 145, is reminding us again and again and again that right through history, God shows us incredible kindness. He shows us forgiveness and rescue, even though we don't deserve it. And so, as we look at these gracious gifts, I think this is another mighty act of rescue. One greater than the plagues, the Red Sea and the Promised Land. Ones that they were all given clues to. And I'll give you a few more clues and see if you can work out what is the greatest act of rescue in the Bible. Here's some clues for it. There's nails. There's a crown of thorns and there's a sign that was stuck up somewhere. Anyone tell me what is the greatest act of rescue that everything else is pointing towards? Levi. Brilliant. Jesus dying on the cross. The greatest act of rescue when Jesus died in our place. So God gives us everything that he's made. God gives us mighty acts of rescue, but he also gives us some top tips on what to do about these things when we realize he's given them. Have a look at verse 5 of Psalm 145. I will meditate on your wonderful works. Think about these things. Verse 6, I will proclaim your great deeds. Tell each other and other people about these things. And verse 7, celebrate God's goodness and joyfully sing. I guess that gives you a clue about what we're going to do next. And this is a chance for you to model that great model of giving that we get from God as we take our collection. If you're a guest here, feel free to pass that on by. And if you fill one of those tear fund envelopes in, remember to pop that in the bag too. Let's stand and sing of God's rescue. It's becoming quite a list, isn't it, here? Quite a collection of grace gifts of God's incredible kindness. He gives us everything he's made. God gives us mighty acts of rescue. But the brilliant thing is, it doesn't stop there either. God doesn't just make things and then disappear. God doesn't just pop down to earth every now and then, rescue a few people and then go back to heaven. No, no. Psalm 145 reminds us that all the time 
God is at work, working in his people, working to give them all they need. So let me just stick this up. God gives us help and care every day. And we're going to look back at the psalm at two verses that show that. We're going to look at verse 15 and 16. They fit brilliantly with our harvest theme. But you could look at the whole psalm and pull out even more ways God shows help and care. But let's read 15 and 16 together. If you've closed your Bible, it is on the screen there. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food. At the proper time. God gives us food at the proper time. You open your hand and you satisfy the desires of every living thing. Hello there, everybody. I think you know who I am by now. My name is Professor Richter Schmitten-Pupentrampen. <laughs> and I have a brain the size of the whole universe, which is why I know what these two verses are referring to. They are referring to something called common grace. Now, this is not common because you find it on a grassy field or common because it is slightly working class. No, (laughs) this is common because it is for absolutely every living thing, every person and living thing on the earth. If you were as brainy as me, which you are not, then you would know that the word all, a, le, le, is spoken of Nineteen times in this passage, that is 19 for those of you who do not speak German. A lot of times, God gives some amazing things. So much so that on this harvest service, I decided to make a list, a short one, of all the good things that God gives. Aardvarks, broccoli, cats, donut, electricity, flour, grapefruit. Thank you, Professor. Okay. It's a good list, though. God is so generous, isn't he? He gives each and every one of us so much. There's more uh, on this Tamar, list. Tamar, not Trayvon. That's what I said, teapot. No, Tamar. Grapefruit, houses, Ta- ice cream, jelly, kinder eggs. Thank you. German. That's very good, German ones. <laughs> Thank you, Professor. Do you know, the writer of this psalm, King David, when he was writing it, he used every sentence began with a different letter of the alphabet. It was almost like he was trying to organise his thoughts to help him. Hey, well teapot, teapot, there's some more here. It's, what, um, it's Tamar. That's why I said toenail. Uh, leggings, moonlight, Nutella, opera, Pepsi, Thank quail professor, eggs. Professor. They are good. There's uh, not uh, many beginning with Q, you know. No. Don't forget Wifrance at the bottom there. Thank you. I'll just add it to our grace gift pile here. Fantastic. All these different ways that God shows us his kindness by giving us so many good things. Maybe you could try that around the dinner table today. Write 26 letters of the alphabet down and try and think of at least one for each letter to say thank you to God for. And I reckon, I reckon if you do that, whatever age you are, I reckon you'll be praising God like the psalmist at the end of it. Um, Notice though, and this is quite important I think, that for those who really truly trust in this amazing God, there is some extra security. Um, it's, uh, it's very simple, um, but we want you to do a bit of work yourself now. Um, you can do this on your own, or you can do it with your neighbour, or you could do it with your family around you. Uh, we want you to look at three verses, verses 18, 19, and 20, and we want you just to answer this question. We don't do this very often in church, but it's a good thing to do, you know. Um, you can do it on your own, like I say, but do do it with your neighbours around you if you fancy it. What does God do for those who trust in him? Verses 18, 19, and 20. Just have a minute and a half. Brilliant. There's a a bit of a hush going on, so I'm going to take it as you've nailed this. 
Let's see then. I'm not sure we're going to find loads of more space on our uh, stack of grace gifts, but we'll give it a try. Um, What did you find in verse 18? What did you discover about uh, those who trust in God and call to him? What did you find out about God there? Yeah, Ted. Yeah, he gives us himself. He hears us. It talks about he's near to us. Isn't that incredible? The God who put the stars in space, who made mountains, gives himself. He hears us. That's verse 18. What about verse 19? What do we discover about God in verse 19? For those who fear him, what does God do for them? Up on the balcony, yeah. Shout it out. He saves us. Yeah, we're back to that rescue thing, aren't we? So when we trust in God, we see in verse 19 that he loves to rescue us and that he continues with us, helping us, guiding us, even when life is tough. Okay, verse 20. What did you discover about those who trust in God and love God? What did you discover there in verse 20? Yeah. He watches over us. Yeah, God loves to protect and provide for his people. He loves to work in us right to the end of our lives. Uh, We started by asking you who is the best giver, didn't we? Well, it's all become pretty obvious as we've had a look through this psalm, hasn't it? God gives everything he made. God gives mighty acts of rescue. God gives help and care for every day. God is the greatest giver. And that is something that we should praise him for. So we're going to stand and sing again now before we meet our last, final, very interesting guest. So let's stand and sing a song that's based on Psalm 23. We're we're nearly done, um, but I wonder if there are folk out there thinking any of these questions. Um, You know, are you thinking life as a Christian, it's pretty hard sometimes, And I'm not sure that even with all of this, it's going to be worth it in the end. Is anybody thinking that? Or or maybe, you know, I'm getting on a bit now. I'm uh, not as young as I used to be. Maybe I should relax and not trust God as much as I used to in my youth. Or um, maybe somebody's thinking, how do I know that God and all of these gifts are truly going to satisfy me in the long run? Is there not something else? Well, if that's you then there's someone we'd like you to meet. Uh, Let's switch on PCC News and see if we can hear an interview with the writer of this psalm himself. Well, good morning. My name's Ancor, reporting for PCC News. Today, we are live from King David's study. That's right. We are in the very place that King David wrote his many psalms. As we look around, we see a number of items that reflect the long and colourful life he's led. We have here the very harp he strummed his songs on. Over here, it seems to me, the crook. This must be a souvenir from his shepherd and days. And then, whoops, sorry, King David. A stone. I uh, wonder, yes, I think, yes, that's the one. Yes, that's the it, one I saw it out that big chap with. Oh, Ugh. fantastic. King David, would you like a seat? Oh, I'd love one, thanks. Shall I help you down? It's just the last bit that's the worst. Oh, thanks. 
Uh, King David, I hope you don't mind me saying, but you are getting on a little bit, aren't you? Well, I'm not 21 anymore, that's for sure. That's right. Well, we're not actually here to discuss your age today. Rather, I believe today's a bit of a momentous occasion. Can you share with us why? Well, yes. Actually, today I've written my last ever psalm. Um, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been a long life I've had. And, well, it's the one that you were, were, were talking about earlier on, uh, Psalm 145. I, I, uh, I think my songwriting days are over, actually. Your final psalm? Yes. That really is quite something, King David. Um, can you tell us a bit more about what you've written and, and why? Well, I think the song speaks for itself, actually. The first line, it's, um, uh, let, me, let me see if I can manage this. I will exalt you, my Lord, my God. I will praise you forever and ever. Oh, thank you, King David. That was um, special. Uh, well, that's very kind of you. Uh, my my, uh, my uh, voice isn't what it used to be in my youth, you know. Uh, however, um, I've done a lot and I've seen a lot and I've been a lot of places. Mm. And as it gets to the end of this very full life that I've had, well, there's only one thing I want to do with this final song, and that is to say thank you and praise the amazingly generous God who has looked after me and his people for so long. It's so good, you know. Any chance of a cup of tea now? Uh, not right now, King David. Okay, well, I think, um, I think Abby Shag put one on earlier on, so okay. I'll just pop it. Okay, pop let me it. help you up, King David. Uh, thank, thank you very you. much for coming. That's uh, letting great. us come into your study today. Do oh, take this reminds me of those old shepherding days. Oh, come back, come back. Fantastic. So some of you may wonder if following God all the days of your life is worth it. But what King David has helpfully reminded us there through his wise words of his final psalm is absolutely it is worth it. God is so kind and good to us. He gives us everything he's made. David's God gives us mighty acts of rescue. David's God gives us help and care every day of his li our lives. It seems to me that David's God really is worth praising and living for. That's it for me, Anne Core, reporting for PCC News, live from King David's study. Back to Gareth in the studio. Thank you very much, Anne. Um, I wonder, if you were writing a song at the very end of your life, what would it be about? Uh, David's last psalm praises God. It praises a generous God for his abundant gifts to those who don't deserve. At the end of his life, he thanks God for his grace. David looks back and says, you won't be disappointed if you trust in God and his incredible kindness. Now let's finish singing and praising him for the way he longs to guide us and provide for us. We'll stand as the music starts.